This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hey, I'm Hanif Baharuddin. You're tuned in to GG Well Played, the show that looks at the world of video games. In this episode, we're going to be reviewing Cyberpunk 2077, CD Projekt Red's latest open-world action RPG. But before that, here's the news of the week with Daryl Ong and Dashon Johan. Thank you, Hanif. A couple of news stories this week. First one, Epic Games announces a new acquisition of Rat Game 2. So the Fortnite developer Epic Games has acquired video game software and development company Rat Game Tools, a company that has its products and technology appear in close to 25,000 games and leveraged by the world's leading game companies, including Epic. Yeah, and as you all know, apart from Fortnite, Epic Games also owns Unreal Engine, one of the world's most popular game development engines that's used by a lot of developers in the industry and Rad's products include tools like Bink, a video encoder, Oodle, a data compression tool and 3D toolkit uh, Granny 3D. Prior to the acquisition, Epic's a user of Rad's tools too, specifically the compression technology that has allowed them to improve the load time of Fortnite. Yes, and with the acquisition, Epic hopes that Rad's tools can be used to improve Unreal Engine's rendering animation insights and audio capabilities for game developers to utilize. Yeah, and despite the acquisition, Rad will still continue its existing work with the games industry, television, film partners, including those who do not use Unreal Engine in their work. Yeah, and this acquisition comes after Epic recently announced the purchase of an abandoned mall with almost a million square feet of space for its global HQ scheduled to be completed in 2024. A games company buying an abandoned mall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's totally unexpected, right? Onwards and upwards, it seems, for Epic. Moving on, a couple of months into the new gen, uh, Microsoft is already looking to improve features of its console and specifically the controller. Yeah, according to a report by TechRadar, in a survey sent out to Xbox Series X and Series S users, Microsoft is asking customers how satisfied they are with the console, including questions about the speed, home screen UI and and whether it feels next-gen. Yeah, uh, they also ask specific questions about the controller, asking users whether they are aware of PlayStation's 5 DualSense features like haptic feedback, adaptive triggers, and whether they want something similar on the Xbox Series controller. Of course, PlayStation 5's DualSense controller has been getting a lot of good, positive feedback from users who have said that it feels like the most unique, and I quote, next-gen feature of the console. So it's fair that my Microsoft's looking to perhaps follow Sony's footsteps uh, based on user feedback. Speaking of next-gen, there's rumour of the Switch Pro coming soon is increasingly getting louder based on reports by GameSpot. According to daytime miner Cyrus M, Nintendo's latest firmware update contains mention of an upgraded Switch console code called Aula. Yeah, and Aula uses the same Mariko Tegra X1 Plus SoC that was implemented with Switch Lite and later in the 2019 model of regular Switches. But according to Cyrus M, while the same model of chips does not indicate anything extraordinary, the chips might be pushed to higher clock speeds. That's right. The firmware update also included support for a Realtek chip, which has been advertised as a 4K UHD multimedia SoC. 
Based on a previous report by Bloomberg back in August last year, this new Switch Pro might support 4K, so it's probably going to be via this chip. Yeah, and previously there were rumours of an upgraded display in the form of an OLED screen, but according to Data Miner Cyrus M, the display will probably not be in a higher resolution while in handheld mode, and that the 4K chip may be located in the dock instead. That means that you can only play in 4K when the console is in its docked mode. Other quality of life improvements include better battery life and cooling. Despite all this, Nintendo has constantly played down any rumours of this new version of Switch. Recently, in an interview with Polygon last month, the president of Nintendo of America, Doug Bowser, said that the company would be focusing on its current hardware and software lineups, especially considering that both the Switch and the Switch Lite are selling well and had good momentum in its fourth year. That momentum is reflected in the numbers of Switches sold with close to 70 million units shipped as of September 2020. That's right, moving on to our next story and another rumour, there are reports that Ubisoft Plus might be the latest subscription service to be added into Xbox Game Pass Ultimate later this year. According to Windows Central editor Jess Corden, there are chances of that happening based on what they've heard. That's right, and if it does happen, they'll follow the footsteps of EA Play, a subscription service that's now available as part of the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Imagine the number of games that's going to be available on Xbox Game Pass Ultimate if this is indeed true. But for now, it remains strictly a rumour, so let's take a chill pill. Everyone calm down for yeah. now. <laughs> uh, lastly, on the eSports front, Valve has announced format and preliminary scheduling for the Dota Pro Circuit or DPC in 2021. Yes, this includes how two seasons of play will lead into the International 2021 or TI-10. Based on the schedule, the DPC season season will kick off on the 18th of January with a six-week run that will conclude on the end of February or on the 14th of March in China with a break at the midpoint. The first major event will then follow from the 25th of March to the 4th of April. And season two will be happening from the 13th of April to the 23rd of May across all regions, followed by the second major event from the 2nd to the 13th of June. Yeah, and if you're wondering why the TI-10 supposed to be in in 2020 actually so uh, it was postponed to this year and it's scheduled to take place in Stockholm in August alright that's the news we have for this week Daryl and Dashran back to you Hanif After years of development, goodwill and marketing hype, CD Projekt Red's latest game, Cyberpunk 2077, has now arrived. Using the foundation created by the tabletop RPG called Cyberpunk, conceived by creator Mike Pondsmith and first released in the late 80s, the 2077 video game world was supposed to provide gamers with a true next-gen experience. So despite all the controversies and problems surrounding the game on its release, does Cyberpunk 2077 eventually deliver on that front at least? Joining me for our review of this game is Najman Mal- I think it's a it's a very interesting game. I think it's a very fun game to play. Um, I was hyped too much about the game, and I was expecting the world of it. But to me, in a nutshell, it really is a triple A title but it's slightly under delivers for me and this is like overlooking the bugs and all the problems that we've had yeah, yeah. that's where i'm at 
Yeah, I think uh, we've last week we've we've sort of like touched on all the bugs and all the problems that the game has. Uh, so I think for now the focus is going to be more on uh, the game itself. Uh, we're going to touch more on the mechanics. Uh, mm. How is it like to be a night city? How is it like as an action RPG and things like that? And I think uh, to a certain extent I am with you in terms of the game being slightly uh, underwhelming. But mm. I think uh, we need to also contextualize it by looking at the fact that. To a certain extent, that also relates to the kind of promises that CD Projekt Red uh, had made prior to the game's release, right? I think if I were to judge the game solely as a game, I am pretty much happy with the game. And it's mostly down to the joy that I had playing. Lah. As much as mm. I think you know, I won't enjoy it, and as much as my experience was slightly... A mediocre one, a worse experience than I guess you to some extent playing on a on a PC. I feel like the game uh, is fun for me. Uh, I am constantly engaged. I feel like the world is immersive as much as the world's kind of ugly. In my case, a bit low res here and there, but I feel like um, it's immersive enough for me to somehow be a part of but uh, there are a lot of caveats there that we also have to engage. I'm gonna explore that deeper, but overall. You know, I think it's a solid triple A title, but a solid triple A title that's barely there. Hey, V, got a friend in need. Wants to snatch back an eye he lost playing cards. I- an implant, I mean. Should be some easy breezy ads. You in? Catch the deets attached. I wouldn't mm. say that it's a game of the year contender. I wouldn't say that it's a yeah. it's the best game ever. But I think it it is a fun game. Yeah, yeah. I think I think one way of me putting it is like when I'm watching Avengers Endgame. Actually, I really feel um such a feel, similar feeling to that as well because I expected a lot of the Endgame because that's like the end of an era kind of thing. Uh, ironically, this is the starting of an era. Uh, but um. I wanted a lot more of the game, but I got like not that right, which is not a bad thing. Um, see, I got like ninety percent of that, but that ten percent felt like Allah. If you could just like change this a little bit, this will feel a lot nicer. But yeah, in terms of immersion, I kind of I would second you there, Hanif. Uh, it's a very immersive game, but I would have to compare it alongside other like AAA titles, even like older AAA titles. Let's uh, look at like Witcher Three. Let's look at um the newer ones like Horizon Zero Dawn or Ghost of Tsushima, and even like my favorite um one of my favorite games of all time, Mass Effect. If I were to look at all of those games. Cyberpunk feels like it's almost there. It's almost there. Yeah, I would definitely give it a solid B plus. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's talk about uh, some of the things that the game um I think did right. At least for me personally, I feel like the story is one of those things that I think the game did right. Uh, mm. I think it was kind of like the story is uh, engaging, immersive, and it's it's I wouldn't say action packed, but I think uh, it tackles the whole. I was expecting the story to be to be less futuristic or less cyberpunkish, if that makes mm. sense. But I think eventually, once you uh, reach the ending, and especially if you do a lot of side missions, I think you'll be able to grasp that kind of like cyberpunkish mm. vibe that I think is present in in like movies like Blade Runner and and those other movies, right? I think uh, especially I- I'm more surprised by some of the side missions. Some of the side missions are also quite dark, quite. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
deep and quite like disturbing even like so so i feel like the story uh and it's multiple endings i i played well i played through 80 hours of it uh yeah. just uh finished through three endings the real ending that i i picked was <laughs> depressing as hell but i think uh the other two endings are also quite okay it has that you know sci-fi ish cyberpunkish vibe overall it was a solid um surprisingly short though solid but surprisingly short story that's roughly around if you play just the main mission mm. maybe you can finish it around 20 25 hours if i'm not mistaken yeah what do yeah. you think of the story match um i think okay here's the other thing and i i think this is really important to point out as well to me replayability is very important in especially more expensive games and i think the story for cyberpunk is meant to be that way right it's meant to be like 20 to 30 hour for the main story so that you can actually replay a couple of times. I actually honestly haven't managed to play my second and third playthrough yet. So I only played one version of the story. And I think it's really good, I think, and the way they said it, the way they immerse you into the story. And I play, as you know, there's three kind of like life paths. I choose the corpo path. And as you go along the story, you really get that vibe of you beating... Uh, Arasaka, the cop. Uh, but but yeah, I, I don't know whether they should have made it that short. It feels like it could have been longer. It could have been a a a, a 40 hour storyline, and then you can actually fill that in with like more side quests, and then it become a solid 70 hour game for one playthrough, and then you can actually do it again if you want to as a nomad and as a yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's my view. What do you think, Ani? Speaking of life paths, uh, I think uh, yeah, I. I chose the street kid life path, uh, and I think uh, based on our conversations and also the kind of uh, I guess conversations around the game, and then this is you know a criticism of the game as well. Uh, I think to a certain extent, um, we thought that the life path that you chose will influence the storyline in a big way, mm. but apparently it's not right. Apparently, I think based based on uh, the things that we've experienced, I think to a certain extent the life path that you that you pick is only just yeah it sets up the story, but only in its prologue. Right, I think eventually you yeah. arrive um, at the same, I guess, point. But I would expect the point to be, you know, in the middle of the story rather than you know, in just in the prologue. And as much mm-hmm. as these choices, uh, is again, the choices are you can choose to be a street kid, a nomad, or corpo. Mm-hmm. Uh, as and as much as these choices are present in your gameplay, they are only available. Through dialogue options, right? So, mm. so for example, when you're engaging with certain characters, then you are given your life path option, right? So, for mm. example, in engaging with certain characters, you can choose to reply in a street kid way because, and because yeah. if you katakan you're you're a street kid, you'll be able to say, for example, say that oh, I know those gangsters because you know I'm a I'm a street kid myself. Or like in I mean minor spoiler like in some situation, sometimes uh, choosing the street kid dialogue option means that. You would be able to, I guess, diffuse a potential violent solution mm. to a more peaceful solution, right? A more pacifist solution. And I think yes. that's how they usually play your life paths around, right? So you meet this one lady, and then uh, because she's a uh, from a corporate company and she was sent from a corporate company, and you're a corpo, you manage to like avoid the um, co- uh, conflict there. But aside from that. This is my main criticism about their life paths. Aside from that, I don't see any big changes if I were to go for a street kid or a nomad versus a corpo, which to me is a very sad turn and which also brings me to my other point, which is 
your decisions and the things that you are saying to other characters in the game have some bearings but not huge bearing i do feel a lot like whatever i say it's just like eh. i mean yeah sometimes i kind of make that person angry and yeah maybe i don't have a proper deep intimate relationship with them but that's about it it's not like really like oh man that person got whatever and i i lose a big part of that game because i did say this i didn't feel that that attachment lah when i say anything in the game uh which i don't know about you but that to me is a, a, a quite a bit of a bummer lah Yeah, true. I I think I know what you mean. I think that's one of the major criticisms that I think people have towards the game. I don't know whether like it's going to be difficult to implement like a very unique branching storylines for for the life path uh, options that they have. But you're right. I think uh, as much as we are given the illusion of choice in being able to to say certain things and influence certain uh, decisions and even to a certain extent kill certain characters, mm. at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. At, at least it doesn't matter towards the end of the game as well, mm. right? So for example, like Q-Nudge, uh, I haven't had like a proper playthrough of starting from the beginning again. But the reason why I managed to, I guess, play through the different endings is because that's the only point mm. in which you can make that major decision that will affect yeah. the ending of the game. But there's no such thing as, for example, if you make a decision like in the middle of the game, the story of your game will take a different shape compared to if you make, you know, uh, decision A compared to decision B or decision C, right? Yeah. So, so I, I, I guess, uh, I don't know whether it's going to be difficult to implement that kind of storyline but apparently uh, CD Projekt Red sort of like promised that kind of world you know where you know yeah. your decision what decisions that you make will matter uh, very very much throughout the game whereas uh, at the end of the day it's just it's just a, an illusion of choice lah. Yeah. yeah and I think I think this is where I, again the hype and the number of games that they've produced I know that they have the capabilities the abilities to actually do that it's not an easy task but you've seen Bioware done it before you've seen Bethesda doing it before it is doable and I do trust CD Projekt Red to be able to deliver on that as well but I think it's yeah again uh, probably it's rushed hopefully we see some DLCs that will kind of like make your characters uh, have their own stories hopefully based on your choices before this yeah thanks Naj let's head for a short break coming up we talk about Night City stay tuned this is Gigi Wellpaid on BFM 89.9 BFM 89.9 this is Gigi Wellpaid I'm Hanif Baharudin and together with me is Najban Maliki and we're in the midst of reviewing Cyberpunk 2077 developed by CD Projekt Red We've tackled some aspects of the story earlier in the show. Now we're going to talk about one of its most important characters, Night City. Let's talk about Night City. Uh, what do you think of <laughs> Night City? Especially, especially in their in their attempt in trying to create an open world, uh, futuristic RPG, action RPG game, right? I mean, obviously, um, when you look at city-based open world game, unfortunately, you will have to compare to games like GTA and even to a certain extent, maybe Watch Dogs and and games of those nature, right? Uh, what do you think of Night City? <laughs> I honestly freaking love night city night city is super awesome i've got the map on my desk just because i love it and it also to me um is awesome that <laughs> sometimes i get lost so much so that i have to open up the map and i'm not lost like with when i'm walking i'm lost when i'm actually driving because like oh wait 
I wanted to go that place, but um, like it's so huge. So was is Watson beside whatever? Yeah. So you really gotta like it's a it's a very nice city. And when you're walking around, the um, three dimensionalness of the city feels really really great. And obviously, at least on my PC, it looks stunning to me. That is a caveat though for me. The city is so complex and and awesome, and it feels like a a, a proper metropolis but because of that when it comes to navigating through the city for emission it really is difficult for me i don't know whether you face the same problem Manif, but say for example i'm meeting say judy a character in the game i'm looking for her apartment because her apartment is upstairs i kind of get lost for example that is a, a an example i can give because to me personally the navigation of the city is bad or the the, the mini map is bad but the city itself is Super awesome. <laughs> yeah, picking up on what you said, I think about the the minimap. Uh, the minimap is definitely faulty. Uh, so here's the thing about uh, Cyberpunk's minimap, right? So it, they have a minimap, but unlike GTA's minimap, or even, uh, you know, for example, think of Waze, right? If you're driving <laughs> fast, the map will automatically zoom out for you. Obviously, you know, when you're in a game, of course, you're going to be driving fast, right? But the problem with the minimap is that it doesn't zoom out. So it's so tight, it's so zoomed in that you will always usually miss turns uh, because mm. because you're driving so fast. I think that's my biggest gripe with the minimap. Uh, and in terms of navigating, I, I get you. I think the waypoint and the way it's placed makes it a bit weird for you to somehow, <laughs> I think, try to, to navigate your way around, especially whether you're driving or whether you're walking. Coming back to immersion uh, and how the city is, uh, I guess, quite immersive. I would also like to say that unfortunately, as much as the city is beautifully crafted and stunning, it does sometimes feel slightly superficial. And the reason why it feels slightly superficial is that as much as you can meet there are characters that are doing things. For example, you will sometimes bump into buskers who are just playing guitar by the roadside or people walking. Sometimes these characters or these NPCs will randomly and magically disappear. And sometimes the kind of conversation that you can have with them is very superficial. And another thing that I have to, I guess, since we're already on the subject, just bring it up, is also the fact that the police uh, the, mm. <laughs> is so broken. Unfortunately, the AI for the police, whenever you do something bad, uh, the police will just magically appear. It will just teleport behind you and... Yeah, I think the whole police and wanted system is broken in this game. So sometimes you want to commit crime, like... At a random place, right? And you know, in the back alley where there's no witness whatsoever. Hmm. And yet, uh, because you commit a crime, the police will then magically teleport, despite there being being you know being no one to actually witness the incident, right? Yeah. And so, so that's just uh, immersion breaking. And then there are also, as much as there are a lot of restaurants, uh, bars, you can't really, I guess, buy things oh, yeah. from them. Yeah, you can only buy uh, food uh, in certain bars and restaurants, and. Again, maybe I'm asking a bit too much, but the kind of interaction that you have with NPCs, especially when it comes to buying, is very menu-based. I know it can be time-consuming sometimes and it can get annoying, but if you compare this to a game like Red Dead Redemption, where if you enter a shop, you can actually browse and you know go through all the shelves and you know mm. pick up all these items. In terms of talking about next-gen experience, uh, yeah, maybe that's what they should be thinking of when it comes yeah. to, I guess, making the city more immersive. Yeah, because I, uh, uh, I I totally agree with you on that point because if you really want to make it that immersive, 
then you make it immersive lah because you have your stalls, right? You you think that if you go up to the stall, I'm going to get something totally different than a, a, a restaurant down the street. But if you go into a restaurant, a bar or a stall, you essentially have to go through the same thing. And usually, the stuff that you get from these bars and restaurants are... Pretty much the same lah. So like if you drink a can of soda versus a bottle of mineral water, the perks that you get is the same. So like I don't personally feel inclined to like go for that Japanese shop versus that bar down the street. To me, that's the same. And I think this is a really nice joke. But yeah, V can't hold his drink lah. His or her drink. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, one other thing I want to also bring up well, I think you brought up that nice point Hanif where if this is going to be immersive next gen one thing I find very disturbing is that I can't easily find good equipments that look nice on me when I go to these particular stalls so if I were to like play like Horizon for example in Horizon Zero Dawn if you want to buy uh, like your next armor just go up to this merchant and browse the menu system but that's okay because like the merchant is just standing there right so i kind of expect that but if look at the city it's so immersive it's so nice it's so clean and then you go into the shop to buy a particular armor you don't know how the armor looks like like unlike like red dead if you want to buy something you can actually see it in this game you don't know how it looks like you have to like look at the menu and then yeah you just can't preview yourself considering how much cd project right have said that you can like create your your alter ego there you can't easily created so yeah okay moving on uh, what what do you think of the sound uh, Nash yeah I think I think for okay this is one specific section where in my notes I wrote the sound plus 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 because I think this game the sound it's super good yeah it is slightly buggy at times um, I think Hanif mentioned it before this as well that the door sound whatever when you're in a car when you're outside the car and stuff like that but Most of the time, the sound is really, really nice for me personally. I like the sound of the city, the music on the radio. It really feels like it's the future. And I think this is something that you really have to like feel when you're walking through the city, different parts of the city really feels like it's a different part of the city because of the sound. And obviously, one last point for me to like really gong on would be the language that they use. They've got their own their own lingo, which is so prim, so nova, whatever. Yeah, so cool. Yeah, a big shout out to the soundtrack and the songs that are available in this game. I think they're awesome, top tier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ended up listening to most of these songs while driving in real life <laughs> I cannot tune in and like, just imagine like I'm in Night City like driving along listening to all these songs but from some glitches here and there um, for me the radio usually the radio uh, especially in a game like this is very important for me the radio mm-hmm. goes songs that they air but unfortunately uh, as much as they do have a little talk sets here and there that I guess uh, try their very best to to somehow relate to the things happening in the city, uh, especially through their news bulletins and also some of their DJs, uh, presenters, uh, telling some stories about Night City, which is I think is great. Unfortunately, I feel like they lack uh, advertisements. I think uh, if you play GTA, uh, yeah. apart from apart from the music, yeah, apart from the songs, apart from the presenters, there are also fake advertisements, right? That I think mm. uh, captures the spirit of the of the game. And and for a world that, that is created, is highly commercialized um, with billboards and ads. 
everywhere you go, everywhere you walk. Surprisingly, they don't have these ads translated to their radio counterpart, right? So, so it's a bit weird that whenever you listen to the radio, it's always song. And then you get some news bulletins here and there, and then you get some presenters here and there, which is rare, lah. But but there are no uh, fake ads that I kind of like enjoy with games like GTA. Uh, yeah. And the voiceovers are overall, I think, quite solid. Uh, I think most of them did really really well. Uh, let's talk about Keanu. What do you think of uh, Keanu Reeves' performance? <laughs> I do. That's the sad part. Ladies and gentlemen, a critic, Chill Chumba, ain't half bad. Guys hurt. Got something he can't take, and it shows. Could stand a little more stage presence. Fingering's all wrong. Loses the tempo more than he keeps it. But for me, that. his voice, specifically voice performance, is really bad. The the thing is, they capture his uh, emotions. I think the the emotions, his body language, most of them are on point. I think the the designers actually really took into account how he moves and stuff and probably they actually tracked it and stuff like that. But I don't know why his voice is so bad. It's so flat for me. What do you think? Oh, really? I actually like I, his performance, yeah, to be honest. But, yeah, maybe it's just <laughs> like him leaning into Johnny a bit much uh, where it becomes a bit too, uh, what's the word? Melancholy, um, I guess. Is that the word yeah. I'm looking for? But um, I think... I think it's a bit too flat for me personally. Yeah, I think, see, here's the thing. I think because we are all, the Keanu that we know now is the good guy Keanu, right? And he, he is trying to play the bad guy, like and kind of like a jerk uh, character. Mm. Uh, the reason why I like it is because he has that very, you're right, slightly melancholic and slightly, I won't say flat, slightly more subdued, but much I'm trying to be like a cool macho rock star, but very uh, anarchist kind of thing, right? I somehow kind of like it that he's he has that that kind of persona like macam he's a jerk and he will always be challenging you uh, questioning your every decision and so uh, in terms of his performance I think it's okay I can understand yeah, why yeah. if people don't like it I am okay with it and I feel like it's it's interesting to engage with the character of Johnny Silverhand because like mm. I said earlier um, he's not always on your side in fact um, he will sometimes question the way you do things he will question he questions um, everything that I do lah so <laughs> yeah basically but but I, I thought that he's going to be there for only for a bit but he's he's there till the end and that's mm. the best part like whenever there are moments where he's not there it feels like a bit lonely for some reason mm. so so I, I I enjoy that that dynamic between between me and him <laughs> and to a certain extent even his performance but I can understand why mm. if people feel like it's a bit flat Okay, let, let's move on to gameplay. Uh, what do you think of the the mechanics of the game and also the RPG elements of the game? Uh, okay, mechanics. I'm going to go for mechanics before RPG. And to be honest with you, this is one of the one of the harder games for me to grasp the mechanics because I think they're trying to do a, a lot of things out essentially. Uh, trying to make it more futuristic, like both in the game as a as, as an immersion kind of thing, and also as a game on its own. They're trying to really push the boundaries, and I think some of the points, like the smart uh, weapons, are really on point. But some of them are not quite there. Uh, so personally, I if you guys have played the game at the start, at least you will start getting this ability to check things out right so with your special eyeballs i guess and i think sometimes that can be a bit too 
annoying. I don't think that uh, it's a lot like how on Horizon you've got your focus or other games you, I guess, you slow down your breath and then suddenly your view becomes different. I think the way Cyberpunk is trying to do it is a bit too much. So mechanics-wise, I struggled a little to grasp at the start. And then after that, I just feel like, Allah, this is a bit annoying. I wish I don't have to do this. But yeah, uh, it's quite eye-opening and quite refreshing to actually see that there are companies like CD Projekt, right, who's trying to push the boundaries of your typical strategies of mechanics, uh, which sometimes they, they put it off quite well in the game. And I do, I don't know about you, and if I really want to know what you think about the skill tree or whatever you want to call that, if it's even a skill tree, but I feel like they've dumped in a, a bit too much things there. Maybe they had bigger plans, but yeah, uh, for me, it was just too broad that um, I can't utilize most of them. Or at least don't okay. even understand most of them. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on that a bit, but just to tackle this quickly, I think uh, as a first person action RPG, that's that's obviously catered towards using a lot of guns. I think the gun mechanics are quite competent. Mm. I wouldn't say it's mm. the tightest, but at the same time, uh, playing on console especially, it's serviceable. I think it's to certain it's serviceable. They are the skill tree. You're right. I think uh, it can get slightly confusing, but I think the idea is that you can actually try and yeah. uh, choose which build you want to you want to go for right so for example if you want to be um, more of a hacker you can focus your points more on the hacking part of the of the skill tree mm-hmm. you want to focus more on technical aspects of you know being able to open doors you can focus your points there with which i think the sub tree is like crafting and engineering if you want to focus your points on brawl athleticism or health uh, you can focus your points yeah. there uh, but you're right i think the problem is that because they have two types of points right i think um, attributes and I think in front of mistaken, it's called skill tree or something. Uh, so so it's easy for you to I guess level up your attributes too. It's just it just depends on your playstyle and w- w- how you wanna like I guess choose what kind of playstyle you wanna you wanna do. Uh, but I think the problem is that the attribute points inside that's the one that I think is a bit hit and miss. Hit and miss mm-hmm. in the sense that the perks offered to you are more incremental and not so direct. Say for example, instead of offering you direct skills. Uh, sometimes they offer like, oh, increase 5% of your critical damage or increase 10% of your stamina, which I think doesn't translate that well into the gameplay overall because you don't really feel that. There are yeah. there are some skill points that I guess give you direct skills, like for example, the ability to uh, immediately disassemble all the junk loot that you collect into mm. components, right? I think those things are useful, mm. but... Overall, uh, because the points given are also not that much, you ended up not being able to, I think, fully flesh out the the skill tree, the attributes point too, unless you you spend a lot of time playing the game and I guess trying to level up and things like that. Now moving on to the RPG section of the game, again, I think this is where we it falters a little bit as well. I mean, like it's not as memorable as like other games that I've played before when it comes to like decision making, when it comes to who I be with uh, or who I'm friends with and stuff like that. I wish and I think they've got a lot more room to play there and hopefully they will release updates to allow you to do more things when it comes to role playing as a person. But at this point in time, I think it's it's all right. It's all right. It's not something that I would like. like if, if you are asking me what's a good RPG game to play, Cyberpunk for that particular bit would not be my first choice lah. 
Yeah, uh, and I've heard people saying that at the end of the day, Cyberpunk feels more like a looter shooter or an action game like Far Cry, for example, and not mm. not so much an RPG. And I think uh, I can see where they're coming from, and I do feel it that way. I think because at the end of the day, uh, sometimes the game, and again, this goes back to CD Projekt Red's promise to us, right? Uh, at the end of the day, it feels a bit too linear sometimes in the sense that you can wander off to do your own thing, uh, like any open world game, uh, but it feels sometimes a bit a bit too linear in that sense if you know what i mean because of the decision making the option and because i think they have a story to tell and how at the end of the day all your decisions do not matter and it doesn't bring the story elsewhere if you were to make different decisions it does sometimes feel slightly like an action fps game with some RPG elements like you know mm, like a yeah, lot of games yeah, out there yeah, these yeah. days right yeah where like you know how other games these days have started introducing a lot more RPG yeah. elements into their game Cyberpunk feels like that rather than an RPG that that also has action element you know what I yeah, mean which is okay and great to me I mean like if you want to go down the Assassin's Creed route that's perfectly well especially for a game that is launching Cyberpunk doesn't have any predecessors to it so that's like great for them to try that out but uh, since like they have heavily like marketed their RPG side and not deliver, I think that's what um, really gets me most like, ah, you should have delivered on that because I really look forward to an, a, a nice RPG game. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. And I think let's conclude our review of Cyberpunk 2077, right? I think at the end of the day, uh, as much as there are a lot of problems with the game, as a game, I have to say that it's a fun game to play, provided that you judge it for what it is, rather than you know, think about what CD Projekt Red promise and not deliver. And also, if you can, you know, slightly not neglect and not uh, dismiss all the bugs but if you were to look beyond that assuming that these problems will be fixed eventually there is a solid game there that I think is good but I don't think it's the greatest game ever and I don't think uh, that you should rush out and buy it especially now and in good faith I don't think I can even recommend you to buy it now mm. uh, I don't know about whether you can buy it now on PC maybe you can answer that much but I think especially on consoles um you can get it maybe in six months time maybe at the end of the year when it's on sale definitely give it a try when it's like on like a very cheap sale uh, you should probably pick it up but other than that you can probably wait to play it i mean there's no rush to play it especially in its current state and especially mm. if you take into factor the kind of promises that city project Red has made mm. yeah so i guess for me uh, in, a, in a nutshell it's a solid game it's a good game yeah that's what i would say it's, it is a good game it's not a great game it definitely is not a great game and i have to compare it to other AAA titles that cd project Red have released and other people have released it's not what they've marketed it to be it's a fun game to play but don't expect too much out of it if you're buying it now you can to answer Hanis' question buy it on pc now on steam or gog and it plays well even on older machines now with the latest patch it is really good i'm getting 60 fps almost all the time it's a fun game to play but don't hope that this is another red dead redemption don't hope that this is another witcher this is not that lah yeah but but do check it out when it's on sale because i think yep. especially the story and especially the world that you're trying to create there is something there but you know don't get it now oh yeah, yeah get yeah. it when it's on sale and i also have to say that in terms of story in terms of the world itself it's really hard to find a game like it actually nowadays but 
again, we're not dismissing the core problems that the game has in terms of the AI, dead NPCs, physics. The physics of the world is also quite weird. Like, you know, the water physics is bad and things like that. But hey, beyond those things... City, <laughs> Maybe that's how things are in 2077, lah. Right? For all we know. <laughs> all right. Thank you very much, Najman, for joining me for our review of Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, if you'd like to share your thoughts about the game, you can uh, write into us at ggwp@bfm.my. Thank you very much, Naj, for joining me. Thank you, Anif. That was our review of Cyberpunk 2077, available now on PC, Xbox, and if you can find the physical copies, PlayStation. If you'd like to check out this episode again, you can find the podcast on bfm.my, our app available on the Apple App Store or Google Play, and also Spotify. Share your thoughts about the show and recommend us some games via our email, ggwp at bfm.my. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at bfmradio. My name is Sanif Baharudin. Thanks for joining us. Game on. Till next time, GG well played. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.